0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Interview with a Schizophrenic. I'm your host, Duncan so Singer, and today I have the great pleasure having Sebastian with me. Sebastian is from America in the Chicago area. He's 26 with a schizophrenia diagnosis. He is currently in school uh, to become an x-ray technician. So welcome, Sebastian. How are you doing today?
1: Really good. Good weather over here. How about you?
0: It's really good weather here as well. Actually, I, I went to the local botanical gardens today. Um, oh. Had a walk around it. It's so beautiful. It, I, I live in the part of Scotland, which is it's very picturesque. Um, but yeah, so how are things in Chicago? I mean, it's uh, I've, never, I've never actually been to Chicago myself. Oh,
1: really? Oh, <laughs> well, it's I would definitely recommend coming when it's nice out. And We get brutal winters over here and they're long and they're harsh and you could just kind of have to power through them. But once it starts turning May all the way to fall, that's when it gets really good. And yeah, yeah it gets really
0: I, th- I think in America, people are more... I just think in, in the UK, people are more reserved, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in America, folk are a little bit more open. Um, yeah.
1: I have the... I'm under the impression that, um, well, UK, people are more upfront and honest and here in America, we are more—we uh, think about more about what we say before we say really? it. Would you would you agree with that, or? I, well, I get from the television.
0: I've mm-hmm. got that impression that Americans are quite honest, um, but I guess when you're on the street, for example, in public, it's different, isn't it? And in mm-hmm. daily life, folk folk act differently to what we see in the media.
1: True. Um, true. So it's, I just it's think difficult all, to say all the British TV where I just think about just the crude humor or like something that's like blue humor, yeah, all that stuff. That's that the British have that pretty on lockdown, like it's pretty good over there,
0: yeah. Okay, Sebastian, let, let's get started and talk about schizophrenia. What yep. I want you to do is to give me a background of your mental health journey. You, you are 26 now, so which is looking mm-hmm. back, I would imagine a few years. Um, I want to know what were the events leading up to your diagnosis? Um, yeah. If you were, if you are medicated, have you been to hospital? Um, mm. <clears throat> you know, that sort of thing. I, that, I think that's quite interesting and, and gives the listeners a, a good understanding of, of, of what it's like to go through um, this condition at a at young age
1: yeah 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 okay i'll just start then i guess i guess just a a little background about myself i my entire childhood my entire life basically i've been living as kind of a closeted gay man and being upraised in a catholic household very very catholic i'm also a mexican mexican american i was born here come from a mexican background and very much so being raised in that environment I felt my entire life that I had to hide a part of myself. And I was actually talking about this with my therapist the other day, how I just feel uh, just some background shame growing up my entire life where I was just afraid to be either too eccentric, too uh, animated, too out there, very feminine. So I always felt like I had to hide a part of myself.
0: You know, you know, um, I think... Uh when you're in your, you know, when you get past 18, you go into the adult world, it is difficult. It's difficult for everyone. And if yeah. you have, um, okay, you mentioned your sexuality and that's always a difficult thing um, to cope with at that age. And yeah, and then, yeah, obviously we haven't talked about the schizophrenia yet, but, you know, so many factors come in and I know I can understand it being difficult Um you know, yeah. like I just, what I kind of wanted to say is that you're not alone, that, you know, this is something which affects a lot of young adults um, Yeah, who go through similar stuff. So, so please yeah. carry on.
1: Yeah, and so kind of just as a preface for that, uh, I just always felt like I had to hide any um, of my delusions or my anything where, anything mental, anything going on with me, whether it's depression or delusions or any hallucinations that I had I always felt like I had to kept that locked away because I didn't want people to reject me. but eventually I got to the point where um, I went to school out in Chicago um, I went to college and it was my first time living out there in my own and I was uh, kind of very stressed out about having to pay for bills, having to do well in school, My parents were helping me through school, through college. I was paying a portion of it myself also. So there was just a lot of stress factors involved. And then me moving to a city, because I am from the north suburbs, um, I found it difficult to find a community that I felt like I melded with. So there were just a lot of stress factors. And so I ended up uh, having a psychotic break in 2018. And I was hospitalized for about a month. Um, it was in April, 2018, right around Easter. Um, it was just a lot of delusions about a bunch of things, really. I just are a, you still the kind of day.
0: cagey huh? about the delusions? You know, because Caging. I know, yeah. I mean, shy about the
1: delusions. In yes, very life. much so. Yeah. That's what I was talking also with my therapist. I was like, I just. I always don't, I always feel fearful of telling or expressing out loud to anyone. Well, I know we're in a safe space here, but I'm just not used to it at this yeah. point. Um, It just feels like, uh, I don't know, there's that self stigma that I go through a lot yeah. um, just ha- expressing these thoughts. And, but he said, it's, it's, uh, it's part of the process. And I, that's why I wanted to come on here just to kind of break that mold and really put myself out there and, Um, hopefully it helps me kind of process everything that I'm going through, even to this day.
0: You know, I think when we speak, it is part of our brain processing information. You know, when when we transfer our thoughts into intelligent speech, that's actually smoothing out problems in our brains. So I think it is helpful. I think it is useful. And that's why I feel we've just got to keep, we just got to talk about what we've gone through um, yeah. I think it, I think it really is helpful.
1: Yeah. It's uh instead of just letting it bottled in, it's nice exactly. to just let it out and exactly. let the universe do what will. So yeah, I was, uh, it was a lot of persecutory delusions in my first break. I thought people were after me. I was getting these really bad command hallucinations, um, auditory ones, obviously, but for me, they weren't really like voices. Like I wouldn't hear the voices, Telling me to do stuff, I would just know what to do, and immediately run to do that. So, I was in, I was living with two other roommates at the time, and no one was home with me. And I thought that the world was ending, so I ended up breaking some property, uh, breaking a window, cutting myself with it. When my roommates got home, they were obviously very scared, and I was talking a bunch of <laughs> a bunch of stuff. So, about me so being, let let
0: let's let's dial okay. back a second. You yeah. thought the world was ending.
1: That was part uh, of your delusion. That was, was one of them. There was a bunch going on. And, at... and how
0: And how was the world going to end?
1: I had no idea. Now, now that I think about it, I forget why I thought that. I was talking, I think, to this military guy. And just... I thought that he was giving me signals that... Um, that he knew something that I didn't know that the general public didn't know. So when he was talking to me about it, um, I just took these cues where in my head I was like, um, he I think he's telling me that everyone needs to shelter or go, um, basically, I don't know, basically go crazy. I, I hate to say that word. But... So, um,
0: are we talking something like a nuclear acropolis? Uh...
1: I think it was more of a everyone needs to stay inside okay and and just not be out in the streets and then we'll be safe.
0: but I also what I want to ask you is mm-hmm. because um you know general normal folk can have panic attacks. they can believe in things that are not true, but yeah. the difference with this condition. I want to know your emotional state. Were you scared?
1: Oh, I was terrified. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I thought. Um, And I didn't know what, in the moment, it's all very tunnel vision. So it's kind of hard to really remember exactly what I was going through, what I was feeling. But that episode lasted, I would say, a month. And then uh, just trickles of it would follow like the entire rest of the year. Just... I would always go back to it, always thinking I'm being watched, always thinking I'm being recorded, and um, thinking there's microscopic cameras everywhere following me around and stuff. And then I would, yeah, it was just really horrifying. Traumatic. Very very harrowing, yeah. So yeah, I ended up in the hospital. Um, I thought I was, when I got to the hospital, I thought I had died, and Mm -hmm. I thought I was uh, woken up in like kind of like a hell basically my because <laughs> I, was, I was surrounded by these people that i didn't know and i didn't know how i got there and uh, i ended up i guess oh well, i guess i'll say this funny thing like i ended up peeing on the floor like just out of so so like f- all the fear that was consuming my body that i ended up like just peeing on the floor in my gown and they ended up having to like take me to my bed and basically give me a shot of something to make me fall asleep. And uh, can you, um,
0: yeah, because I know, you know, I, I, I also had a delusion, the reason I asked a nuclear is I had a delusion that there was a nuclear strike and I actually visually hallucinated the, the bomb going off. Oh, really? Yeah. And I, I actually went into the bathroom into the shower and I was clothed, and I put the shower on, and I thought that would, you know, keep me cool from the heat. Um, and and then I just left the house and walked in the middle of the night, you know. And and I know that it's it is incredibly traumatic, mm-hmm. especially when you said, "Oh yeah, I just thought I died," you know. You say it quite casually, but I know b- beneath that there is much more going on, isn't there?
1: Um, Yeah, yeah. I feel like every time I've had a a psychotic break, I've had a moment where I say to myself, "Oh my gosh, I think I'm dead now." And I tell like the we it's the mental health workers or the ambulance uh, people. I say, "Am I dead? Can you just check my heartbeat?" I don't think I am here right now, like living. I think I've died, and I don't know where I am right now. And it's always that because it's just everything that's happening to you mentally you just can't believe it and um and yeah that's how i guess that that's how i was processing at the time so that's why when i said to myself oh you're dead now you can do whatever you want um and then just madness follows and and so yeah um after that first hospitalization i went through a really bad depressive episode just i think it, Probably just post psychosis, and then also the antipsychotics I was taking. I was on um, risperdone.
0: Can I um, can I ask you what was yeah. the hospital experience like? Do you have good recollection of it? What uh, what, what was the atmosphere inside there?
1: Well, it was. There were some good moments that I remember, but there was also just a lot of bad ones. Um, Everyone that worked there was pretty good. I mean, it was just me that was just in my own head thinking that they were making procedures on me when I was sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, I did meet two friends there, um, but that they, they was just great to have someone to have conversations with while I was in that time there when I was really confused. Yeah. Um, but I haven't been able to find them since. Yeah. Um, But while I was in there, anytime I'm in hospital, um, I try to, in my head, I'm like, oh, I'm not supposed to be here. Let me just try to do anything I can to get out of here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So whether it's lying to the psychiatrist or, you know, uh, when I'm really having a bad freak out, I just go to the room and just put the covers over myself or shower or just read a book or something that's how that's how i usually cope
0: you know what i think um, the mental health ward should provide is a stress-free calm sanctuary environment because that is key to recovering from the psychotic break that you had before you were admitted so did you feel that that you were safe and that you you could recover or that you might not thinking, oh, I can recover. You kind of, maybe after a few days, you thought, oh yeah, actually, I don't know what happened just before then. And I just want to relax now, have some food, watch some TV. Or did it not, or was it not conducive for that?
1: I think it was more when I was in there, I didn't think I was sick. Yeah. I thought I was just being dramatic or I thought I was just, I don't know, doing too much. Again, the tunnel vision. Um, and then the the psychiatrist on deck wouldn't tell me my diagnosis, wouldn't give me anything. He would just ask me how I'm doing, how I'm doing with the medication. He wouldn't really give me any information, that, any expertise about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, he just said, you're probably going through a hard time right now. Um, he, they probably thought I was on drugs or something. Um, but, yeah, I eventually – I think – I always told them, I want more phone time. I just want to talk to my loved ones. I want to talk to my family, my friends. Um, and obviously, I guess the hospital that I was at, um, they didn't have that policy. Any hospital, I've been in hospital twice. Yeah. Um, but any hospital, they have designated phone times. Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm the type of person where if I'm going through a really hard time, um, it's really cool, or it's really good for me to be able to call a friend, a best friend, or somebody. Yeah someone that you can that you can trust. Yeah, I don't even have to talk to to them about um like what's going on with me like in my like pain in my mental health or anything like that. I just want to hear about them and their day and um laugh. Laughter is just like the best medicine for me. So mm-hmm. it was really hard to not have that in the hospital. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> so you were uh, medicated with, with mm mm-hmm.
1: Mhm. Was, well, it was, a, it was like a whole cocktail of things. It was a Risperidone, I think Xanax at one point. I think it was um, some mood stabilizers. Um, yeah. While I was in the hospital, I, w- I had found it really hard to sleep. So they would put me on stuff like Doll and um, Ativan. But they were very wary about it just because they didn't want me to get addicted to it. So I eventually, they put me on... Um, that pink pill that they use for allergies um antihistamine yeah one of those so yeah that's a
0: yeah I mean the problem with medication obviously there are side effects have you experienced that sort of thing
1: oh yeah I mean when, when I'm on antipsychotics um whenever I'm on them I get really bad just Kind of like a paralysis of sorts i i lose interest in everything that i have interest in i don't want to talk to anybody i don't want anyone to see me i just want to be in bed all day and then i get these really bad like twitching that for me as a person that thinks so much about what people think about me um and i love being in control i'm kind of like a control freak i guess you could call me <laughs> um i i just hated that i can un that whenever i was in public whether it was in a waiting room or in class, I would just have this really bad, like, twitch. And, you know, I would think that people, everyone was looking at me and thinking bad things about me. But, you know.
0: Do you feel safe? Have you got a safe space where you're living now? Is, it set? Is your home safe? Do you feel on the streets of where you live? Do you feel safe? Because, I mean, you should be able to feel that. Mm-hmm. Do you, how, how, how do you feel about your current home and and where you live?
1: Well, uh, right now I'm living with my family, living with my parents, um, which is a good thing. I feel safe with them. I feel a sort of comfort with them, but also they still, to this day, they don't really accept um, my way of being, you know, my being a homosexual man. So there's always me kind of just disguising a part of myself at all times with them, which I've, gotten accustomed to at this point like it's no biggie but i guess i'll segue into my second psychotic break um which happened in january of 2022 i was in the emergency room on new year's eve and i had been living with my boyfriend um for about a year and around christmas time is when things got really bad again stress with living on my own in the city bills paying for stuff, um, having a job, and just being in a whole new environment with a lot of new people, and uh, I kind of just broke again, and um, ended up in the emergency room, because I was having really bad um, thoughts that my landlords were witches, and they were after (laughs) me, and and again, I was being recorded, and um, all that stuff, so I ended up calling an ambulance myself, Yes. Yeah, so, awesome.
0: I mean, the way you're talking about it, you're very yeah. matter of fact. But again, mm-hmm. under, underneath all of that are real experiences and real emotional responses. Um, you know, I think to convey the the gravity of what you went through, you know, to go to be admitted to an emergency room, because your mind does not accept reality is actually very serious you know?
1: Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was, uh, it's tough. It's re- it was really tough, especially because I felt like I had left my boyfriend behind. Um, and I felt like our future was over. So after getting out of that hospitalization, which was around again, a month, and then I was put on antipsychotics again. Because um, I had weaned off of them after the first hospitalization. And so then I was on them again. And then everything in my power, I, could, I did everything in my power to to go back to the city to live with him. But
0: Why um, the... um, did you stop the medication?
1: Just the side effects. Um, I think um, it was just too much for me to handle. I had in my head that the psych- antipsychotics were giving me depression. Um, um, so I only like taking them when I'm really, really in the throes of psychosis. Um, but that's just a personal So, choice.
0: okay. <clears throat> when I was about your age,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I also would, I would hoard my medicine. I would not take it for various reasons. Yeah. Including the side effects. I wanted to lose weight. Um, I was... I felt I didn't need the medication. Maybe self-stigma. Maybe I thought I'm fine, or I don't need it. And I, in my kitchen, I would have, you know, boxes full of antipsychotics and antidepressants. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem was, like you relapsed, I also would relapse. And I think, I think the lesson. Is that if you take your medication every day, you do get a sense of stability. It does give you a sense of stability, Um, and they're not the medication. It's not evil, but yes, it is. There are side effects. Yeah. Um, It's just, and, and I know, and I know, I know when I'm looking back in my life I did exactly what you're doing and a lot of people do that some people flush it down the toilet or they just keep it in boxes you know I kept it in boxes and but the problem is you do relapse you know yeah
1: yeah and that's also I mean I'm I'm definitely not opposed to it but I'm I think I'm I, I got this new therapist and we're kind of working things out with that um I am not opposed to it, obviously. I know it's uh, if I ever get to that point, I will take them. Um, it's just an, an, it's just a conversation that I don't really have with anyone around me. Um, yeah. I never ask people around me, you know how do I look or how have I been acting around you or have I been acting strange? Have I been acting withdrawn? I'm the type of person that it kind of just goes with the flow and just um, you know
0: things like strength. That happens mm-hmm. over time. Yeah. When what you're going through now, these experiences of psychosis,
1: mm-hmm.
0: they make you stronger, but it doesn't happen for a while. It takes quite a few years, you know? Yeah. So that that's that's why we become better at coping with the condition, because we're we have better weapons, you know. Yeah. So when yeah. when you're younger, don't worry about your character or anything like that, because it because it 26 is very young, and and it, all it is is it's a growing phase of your mental and emotional being. You know, physically you may have grown, but your mental and emotional being are, are still growing, and you know it can be strange growing pains. You you know you might have strange thoughts and do strange things, but that's just part of the of this, of the phase, of the of the mm-hmm. cycle, um, and then especially, I think for people with schizophrenia, maybe because we we usually this usually happens in our twenties, you know, we don't go through the normal life experiences that regular folk do. So it is different. Yeah. Um, so I, what I'm giving you is a little bit of insight because. A lack of insight is what gets you hospitalized.
1: Um, yeah,
0: I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, and it's uh, something I really need to hear more often. And I think I just get into this mode where I, I'd rather shelter myself than talk about things, um, which is not a good thing. Um, I, I journal a lot, but and that's how I kind of express everything that I need to express. I write poetry, I draw, but. I don't really show that to anyone. Obviously, um, do
0: you have any? Um, because do you have any website with your art or anything? Or
1: no, I I try not to have an online presence. You're you're my...
0: quite shy, aren't you? You want your I can I can see that you're quite um, maybe it's a defense mechanism, but you're quite closed up.
1: Yeah, um, very much so. I'm just uh. You know, when, when you think there's eyes all around you at all times, you kind of try to stay out of the spotlight as much as possible. Yeah. It's fine for me. I don't, I don't, I don't see it as a bad thing. Um, I just like not being out there too much,
0: Yeah.
1: but I mean, I, I make, um, I, I think my biggest online presence would be on Spotify, like on Spotify. Um, I make a lot of playlists and, um, I guess I'll get I'll send you a link and
0: then Yeah, I can share that. If you want if you want me to, I can share it in the description. Yeah. If you know it's completely up to you. Um mm-hmm. but that that's something I can do. Um you know, because I think For sure. this 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 podcast, we've got quite a mature audience in that we're listening to real life stories of something that doesn't that's not usually talked about. So there's a lot of warmth and intelligence from the listeners, you know. Yeah. So it is. Um, I think everybody who appears in this show is is valuable, and and it takes a certain level of courage to to speak like you have done. Yeah. Um, so you know, I think uh, I think you should bear that in mind, you Thank know, you. because shyness is like a mental state. It's not... It's just a mental state. It's a natural mental state, especially when you're younger. Um, mm-hmm. And then, like, when you get a bit older, you, you become less... I think it's better to become more open as you get older and just so not to worry about things. Just don't worry, you know? And just... Yeah. Because y- you can you can express yourself if you want to.
1: Uh, I'm curious, were, were you... Were you like this when I was when you were this eight, my age uh, were you shy like sheltered uh, Yeah I
0: was yeah I was
1: Yeah
0: it took me a long time to even talk to my psychiatrist about the hallucinations mm-hmm. I couldn't I found it very difficult to admit that I hear voices Yeah it, it took me years in, in fact before I admitted it and I think that's just natural um but yeah, natural shyness that is. It seems it's a very difficult thing to talk about in actuality. You know, people who talk about it, it's actually very difficult to talk about. Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for sure. You know, I I was shy when I was younger. I had social anxiety. Um. Mm-hmm. So I struggled with speaking to people on the phone, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I
1: don't, I don't, I don't think I identify myself as having social anxiety, but. I definitely try to keep things light whenever I'm having a conversation with someone. Yeah, yeah. I kind of just use jokes, use humor, use uh, distraction techniques to kind of just get out of the way of anything that I'm feeling. that's on. you out.
0: know, it is okay and good to mm-hmm. apply a certain level of importance about what you say concerning your own self because mm-hmm. I value it as important. And I think you should too. You know, it is yeah. it is something which is it's a part of you, and 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 I think I think it it's okay to be serious about that. You know. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. I mean, yeah. there's I'd I like I
0: would like to talk to you again, maybe something like next year to see how you're getting on.
1: Oh, um, for sure! I love that.
0: You know, I think I think it'll give you time to reflect. You know, I want to hear about what you're doing, how you're feeling about your home life, how you're feeling about your symptoms. Um, and and I want to hear more about that. Yeah,
1: I would love to. I mean, I, any chance that I get to put myself out there um, is uh, I think it's going to be a good thing for me. So I, I would love to. I would love to. But apart from, I I just uh, apart from any mental health uh, stuff that I go through, I also feel like I live as uh, a very. How would I say this? I have other stuff that I also have interest in. Like I love to go dancing. I love to just watch weird movies, weird horror movies. I love to draw. I love to write poetry. Listen to music. Go to concerts. And so. I I exist in multitudes, and um, I think it's just that I have to find more comfort in being myself, whether that's my mental health self or my gay self or whatever self that I want to put out there. I have to be comfortable with all those versions of myself, yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, um, I think, uh, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. That's, That's part of it. Just being comfortable with who you are. And it takes a lifetime to do that. Oh. You yeah. know? It does yeah. it does because you can meet mature adults and they will be struggling to be their authentic self because life has battered them so much that they feel they need to put out a persona. Mm-hmm. You know, and this mm-hmm. is what this is what life mm-hmm. is like. But i think the sooner that you're comfortable being with your authenticity um life has got to accept it life has got no choice about it you say well look i'm going to be authentic and uh that's it there's there's nothing you can do about it you know but it's not easy um but ultimately it is i feel it is the is is the path which is the most rewarding
1: yeah yeah, it's all about the journey at the destination. I agree.
0: So, Sebastian, we've got very yeah. 32 minutes. I want to speak to you again next year. So, why don't you tell me a genre of music and I can add that on this episode?
1: Uh, do you want like a specific song or? Artist? No. So,
0: give me, you can give me a song, but tell me what genre it is. And then I will, I will, uh, I've got a, a website where I get, Walty uh, free music um and wow, i can yeah. i can pick a like a you know something similar genre something like that
1: yeah let's do disco anything disco with a like good 70s beat. disco yeah like with a good bass <laughs> good, good beat. i love disco
0: okay sebastian <clears throat> it was a pleasure talking to you
1: you um, too thank you so much you know no it's
0: it's it, it's absolutely my privilege and um yeah. We will stay in touch. I, I will make sure of that. And uh, um, let, let's hook up next year for another chat. Um, for sure. And, and just, Thanks. yeah, be careful out there. Take care. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate everything you're
1: doing for our people